0: Hey there, boys and girls! It is June fifth, two thousand sixteen. Welcome to another episode of the Salinas of the Ground Podcast. What's up? Yeah, I looked at that six like, why doesn't <laughs> that <teach
1: you?"> say <laughs> June? But it's already man because we set this up in like March or something or April. It was That's so crazy. Today we have
0: Claudia Melendez. She is a journalist for the Monterey Herald, and she wrote a book. Thanks. Someone take it from here. And she wrote a book. <laughs>
1: Well, no, she she did. Um, I was up at
2: someone. Yeah, she she ahead.
1: wrote um, a fighting chance, and we'll definitely get into that. Um, but first, I want to you know thank you for coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it was one of those things where it was all Facebook. This is literally the, the we we just met face to face half an hour ago. So, um, but thank you for doing this. I've i you know I I've, I've seen your, your name before, and uh, it's the Herald, right? You right you right. Yes, you are right, main, mainly for the Herald. Mm-hmm. Um, And, yeah, so I've seen it, and so it was interesting, you know, to to have somebody, you know, reach out to us. Um, So thank you for being here, you know, and, um, yeah.
2: Thank you for inviting me. I've seen your podcast. I've seen it promoted on on Facebook, and I've been curious about it. Um, I am really busy with journalism and the family and writing, so I have not downloaded it, but... I promise I will. <laughs> yeah,
0: after this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah at least, at no, least but yeah, I want No, I want
2: to listen because I and I'm really intrigued and one of the reasons why it's because you you mentioned that you want to talk to me about journalism and it's because of the mm-hmm. journalistic experience, you know that there's huge challenges going on right now and to see new media, new people covering topics oh. that are important for the community, that's why I'm like, oh, I need to check this out. So.
1: Yeah, well, and and you know, that's a cuz for us I don't. I mean, well, I'm pretty sure I, I can speak for Cujo as well. Is that we don't, we have, we don't strive to be journalists. You know, we don't consider ourselves part of that. We we don't create stories. You know, we 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 just it's social commentary, I guess. You know, so it's nice to have an actual, you know, that actually creates news uh, on the show. I'm excited and and yeah, and I just well, I wanted to make sure. I don't know if what you know again as. Being a small podcast and growing and all that, I don't know. If people think that we're we're trying to be reporters or something because we're really not. Um, not that we, you know, not that we have anything against it, but um, yeah, it's it's again, it's cool to have an actual journalist here, you know, to to um, kind of pick your brain a bit. Um. Well, we'll be picking yours. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, because well, again, the, the little background of why we do this, you know, it's just we say, it's just uh, Salinas through our eyes, you know, Salinas has a certain reputation, and again, in a lot of ways, it's, it's very valid, and it's earned, earned, earned reputation, but it's still a big city, you know, with, with 160,000 different stories, and so we just want to share our story, and, and again, with this, like mentioned, new media, for very, very cheap, we could reach I mean we're on the internet you know if you have an internet connection you can listen to our stories you know i don't know why why you would and it's amazing more than half of our listeners or downloads come from outside of the salinas monterey market the bay area still the bay area it just keeps growing and it's getting to the point where it's almost going to be like 50 50 or i guess like 35 35 yeah. um, bay area and salinas and it's like they're trying to figure out why, to, to come why? Down yeah it, it, it's, it's weird to me but it I, it's makes me you know happy that we can reach those markets and um, and yeah and we could we could tell our story so just as people can can google Salinas and see you know the stories of all all the what makes us you know seem like a, a rough town now they could also find this you know and it's it's a different thing we were oh man on Friday on Friday we met uh, these, these two girls that they just moved here. Uh, they were, you know, just out of college. Just one out of Berkeley and the other, I don't know, or did they both go to Berkeley? I don't know. But anyway, just out of college, you know, young young people, and they knew about the podcast. And they were like, when they said, when we were here, we were kind of like, ah, it's kind of a small town. Oh, one of them's from Tijuana. You know, one of them's from Tijuana, so she, this is kind of slow for her. <laughs> you know, so, and they were like, oh, man, this is, I don't know what we got ourselves into and then they said, then they came our, across our podcast, and they're like, wow, this town is kind of cool. You know, so it was like, that, that was awesome. That's exactly why we do it. And I, again, I get too excited when people say that. I'm like, what? Yes. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so again, I, we're, we're glad that we are able oh, to yeah. tell this story. And again, it, it's newsmakers like you that help us tell that story. You know, It's, it's a va- very vital part of our show to be able to read you know, the stories that you do. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, you know the cool thing—you're an author. It's like you, I think this is your first author. You've yeah. had poets on before, but that's true. But yeah, you're you're an author. You have actually, you got the, a book published? There's a book. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have the, the book here. Um, the book's called A Fighting Chance, and and I I felt dumb. I didn't notice at first that this made a heart. Somebody had to point that out to me. Co- I believe that was me. Yeah, was it? yeah, yeah. The co- the cover is a pair of boxing gloves, yeah. and, and they're positioned in a way that they make a heart. And um, well, and that kind of shows the, the theme of it. It's a bit of a love story mm-hmm. uh, uh, with, with boxing. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, definitely with boxing. <laughs> well, and again, the part of what was cool about reading this book uh, again, and I, I I don't mean to. You can't talk about writing or silliness for like three minutes without bringing up Steinbeck. But uh, you know, part of part of, of, of reading Steinbeck that made it interesting for me as as a you know when I was younger was what he described the areas. I knew those areas, so I didn't have to just go off of his descriptions. Even though they, he made the most beautiful descriptions of things. You know, he had a, a way, literally a way with words. Um, so, But it was just more interesting, you know, to, to him describing the, the Salinas River or the Gabilan Mountains or something, or Cannery Row, even though it's not the Cannery Row that he wrote about, it, you could still see some of the, you know, how it used to be. Mm-hmm. So that's what always kind of sucked me in more as a, as a, as a kid, you know, when I was reading books. Um, so that, that's what I liked instantly about this one, you know, in the first, like, paragraph, you know, what... Um, which the, the packing—you call it the packing shed, but it's the bread box, right? It's obviously the bread box. Um, <laughs> it was weird for me to keep reading that, and it's like, when are they going to? When is it going to change? Um, but, um, but yeah, but I mean, I was raised there on Laurel between town and Sanborn, you know, or for ten years. So, Costa I, Plaza, right? Yeah, yeah and Costa right the Plaza. Corner. So, um, so that's our neighborhood, you know. Yeah. And reading this, this story about our neighborhood, it it was really interesting to me. So, um, but yeah, but why? Why did you? Are you from Salinas?
2: I'm not from Salinas I grew up in Mexico born and raised in Puebla I came to Salinas to work in uh, 2004 I, was, I started working for the Californian then um, and um, when I first came I was with the Californian for about a year no for about uh, 16 months and then I moved to work for the Herald and uh, when I moved to The Herald, that's when the whole thing with the library started to happen.
1: Oh okay
2: and um you know ever since even before then i've been a- journa- i I had been a journalist for a long time before I came to live in this area. I yeah. was a journalist in, in uh, I was a journalist in South Texas. In Santa Cruz. I kind of moved around a little bit.
0: You have traveled. Yeah. <laughs> is... So,
2: um, but uh, when I, when I, I always had these, at some point I decided that journalism, short form is, you know, just little tiny articles, is just not enough sometimes to tell a big complex story. Yeah. And it was, I was really in, itching to write something longer. When I was at the, the first job I got, when I first got to the Herald, I had a fellowship and I was able to write a three-part series about land use and how it affects Latinos because, you know, we have these issues. Like, you know, people in the peninsula, they, for the most part, um, well, maybe I shouldn't say the peninsula. There's, there's a sector of people who don't want to have anything built anymore at all. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who need housing. So where are you going to build the houses if you don't build anything? And I think that when I first got to the California it was a huge tension. And I wanted to write longer about that.
1: Yeah. And then
2: I moved into the, the Herald and there was these things with the libraries happening. And when the articles I was writing, I always felt that they did not give a voice to the young people because it was the young people who were going to get affected if they closed the boxing club, the packing shed, yeah. the bread box, it was them who were being affected. And I wanted and I I remember I did write an article that that said, you know, here's these two group of kids, kids who is the most deserving you know if you if, is is it the boxing kid or is it the the uh i can't remember at the time they were pitting the 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 art kids yeah it was the art kids versus the, the cuz they wanted to put the aldus center for the fine arts there yeah so it's like who deserves it more the, the 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 painting kids or the boxing kids i mean it's that's the kind of dilemma we were facing yeah and i wanted to do that so that's why i wrote it <laughs> i can keep that talking no, no, no. No, that's... <laughs> yeah so yeah so and, and what I personally wanted to have the story of a young boy growing up in Salinas facing the challenges that he was facing yeah but um, at some point also it was brought to my attention two things one that is mostly girls who read <laughs> and they and that what really sells is romance. Yeah, yeah. That makes so so much be- sense. <laughs> because of that, I had to try to figure it a way that would make it attractive also to girls and to. So that's why the romance thing. Um. Uh, it wasn't really my intention. I really just wanted the story of a boy growing up and in Salinas and yeah. facing the challenges. Because also, I think that I think that a lot of. Uh, you know, in the media, it's just easier to go do a story about a shooting. What is not easy to do is a story about how many beautiful young Latinos are really hardworking. You know, they're, they're soccer players, they're volunteer, they're just trying really hard to be good people. And and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do a story about a good young Latino who is facing tons of challenges. Tons yeah. of uh, ¿Cómo se llama este? temptations, if you will, yeah. and still sticks to his principles, to his ethics, and thus tries to do good for him and his family. So that's another reason why I wrote this in. I needed to bring in the romance so it would be more palatable. My, my editor, my, uh, it was published by Arte Publico Press, and the publisher, who's a great uh, gentleman, Nicolas Canelos, he really wanted to make it a love story that's why. <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> that's the heart. That's why they yeah, said a heart. heart you. So,
2: and I, you know, he knows his business, so of course he yeah. thought that that's what's going to make it sell. Is
0: that what he came up with? That's, that's I, him right there? I
2: don't know if he... But I think oh, okay. that he probably... Like listening, a, like, yes! Yes, <laughs> it was! <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I like it. Mr. From a distance, Mr. you might Canelo's see the heart. Like, you know? Yeah, so you know, I'm sure that he had a lot to say in it, yeah. so yeah, for sure.
1: And when and when you're writing uh, this book, did, did you build it based on stories that you had already seen or do you go out and do interviews and kind of to to try to create these characters
2: Uh, well um, the first scene the first scene is kind of based on something I actually saw it was the city there was a uh, hearing in the bread box to decide what's going to happen with the bread box they wanted to see you know do we keep these programs here do we take them somewhere else do we shut it down and so that was my first scene but once I saw these people, I just created characters. And it was nothing that I you know, I don't know these people. They are just a product of yeah, my yeah. imagination. However, you know, there's a couple of scenes that the more I read it, sometimes I go back. It's like things that happen in my family. You know, for instance, I don't know, it's All like right. like you know, yeah, for like 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 the bathroom scene, you know, you have one bathroom and you have four or five siblings. You know, if, if somebody's taking a shower, you're okay to use the toilet. <laughs> all you have to do is knock and not peek. So those yeah. kinds of things, that, kinds of things that you know you found. See, you're, you're laughing because I—that's what I did. You full know, full
0: disclosure, like, I haven't read the book at all. But <laughs> see? I feel you. Yeah, I totally.
2: So that's the kind of stories that I that I that I put in the, that are kind of my stories too. You yeah. Know? So because I, you know, if you grow up Latino here Which or Mexico. It's, it's pretty similar, yeah. man. I'm telling you, La Chancla. Every time, I see, every time I see memes of La Chancla, it's like laugh because, yeah, that's exactly what my mom used to do. Si no te callas te viento La Chancla, iba va yeah. la pinche Chancla, ¿no? So, yeah.
0: It, that's universal within the States? Or, yeah. I mean... You mean you, in Latin America. Inter, inter, yeah. Internationally. Yeah, yeah, international, totally. Thank you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and then, is that... What, what was interesting to me is there's... I don't know if, if supernatural is a bit of a strong word, but there's some supernatural aspects to uh Ita, i think i don't know if you call her Ita. Ita but see. uh but yeah, so I'm reading that and i'm like is this just is this just his conscience you know uh-huh. that he that he personified in this lady but it's like no she she adds value to him, so it's like so where did, where does the supernatural come in or or again i don't know i don't i don't mean you know no, I, no, no. It was it was just interesting to me that yeah. in this, this kind of serious tone, this this character is, is a is a ghost. I know I don't know. Yeah. she was she was a great character. You, you I like could picture done. I could picture her yeah uh-huh. with her cigarettes and stuff, and <laughs> it, it was inter- yeah. yeah, but again, where does that come in?
2: of, um, I guess a little bit I was trying to do a little play on magical realism, it's something that exists a lot throughout Latin America and writers, Gabriel García Márquez sobre todo, especially, you know Isabel Allende, House of Spirits in which the supernatural does come kind of like comes in, uh, convive lives, intermingles with the living and I think that we have a little bit that in Latin America, like You know, when you go Day of the Dead and you go to the cemetery and you go pay homage to your dearly departed, I mean, some people, you know, you start talking to them. Of course, they're not there, but maybe they're just in your heart and your imagination. So, I think it has a little bit of that. I'm is not, you know, when I was growing up, my grandma, uh, you know, she taught me that every year you have to build your ofrenda for your for your for he, she built it for her parents and so to me it was very important to see that and she would tell me stories about it was scary stories and they always tell you these stories in dia de los muertos that you know if, if you don't make an ofrenda the ghosts are going to come and haunt you and kind <laughs> of stuff so um so it was it, it was born out of that it was born out of you know this these tradition in our culture that you pay homage to your your dead and you listen to them even if they're not here. So I guess it's a fine line, you know, you listen to them even though they're not here, but they're here, they're in your heart, so you can just picture them sometimes. Yeah. And I wanted Ita to be a uh, woman from the Mexican Revolution. Because I think that one of the things that we really need in this country as Latinos is to reclaim that Mexican heritage that is all of all of it is ours we yeah. are part of Mexico and so these people Figures that are important. And, and I think we do it all the time. You know, when you go to Mexican restaurants and you see the paintings of, you know, Emiliano Zapata and Pancho Villa. Yeah. And in a way, that's what it was for me. This book, this woman who is a revolucionaria is part of Miguel Ángel's history. Miguel Ángel, who lives in the States, it's a Mexican-American boy, but has that history of Mexico in his family.
1: And, and I, I don't know how much you know, I, um, is there a history of, of female in the Mexican Revolution. Absolutely,
2: las Adelitas. So that's exactly uh, the women, las Adelitas are the women who made the revolution possible because they would go with la bola, just like Ita says, she would go out that's what they call it, la bola. They would go out with the men and sh- they would be the one who are cooking for the men, washing their clothes, just keeping and keeping the man, you know, singing at night uh, Having a good old time, keeping the men exactly. They kept the morale up. If it were not for the women, the Mexican Revolution probably would not have succeeded the way it did. But it was las adelitas who made it happen. So this is a very important part of Mexican history.
1: Yeah, and and then you mentioned that that's that always seems to be downplayed because I'm I'm sure, especially in these before all this modern technology stuff like the Civil War. I'm sure there was there was so many women that were doing again just because they weren't shooting guns you know the, 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 right. it, it doesn't doesn't seem to count but it's like you, they're doing just as much you know Hey, without man. that, those women fo- following, you know, along
0: they supported their troops
1: exactly, just like yeah. we do now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and without them, yeah. the, the war, you know, it would have it would have definitely been different. You oh, yeah. know, right. you know, you can't say obviously you can't go back in time to say this or that would have happened, but it definitely would have been different. The outcome
2: would have been different. Yes, definitely.
1: Yeah. So yeah, when I was, when I was reading that, I was like, hmm, like, I wonder. I wonder again. I don't know the history you know, of of it that much, and right. so I, I was curious. But I, again, it was so cool because I could picture her. I could picture the lady when you know, have the way you described her with her the bandoliers or whatever you call the, the yeah. yeah the the gut, the bullets.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And um, but yeah, it also what I liked is reading, especially that part. Is again, I I, I couldn't tell is it his, his conscience because yeah, sometimes it's like like you know like are they talking to me or am I is this just my brain figuring it out on its own mm-hmm. but again person, personifying it in, a, in this mm-hmm. character that I never met Right. Um, so yeah so, so that, that one r- really struck me and then also kind of um, with, uh, Brittany's sister Tiffany mm-hmm. who was all into the, the kind of drink this tea drink that tea I got my potion book or whatever so um, and she was <laughs> it wasn't that much into it but yeah I it was like that, I, that's a cool contrast you know where again the 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 mexican latin thing is is your you know your elders you know go to them, and the i don 't want to say the white thing that sounds kind of kind of <laughs> racist, but the the more new agey thing you know uh-huh. uh, the more big sir a, a, sl- a fucking academy whatever the hell that place is called down there you know um it, it was an interesting contrast um, but yeah and it actually we'll, we're talking about this book again the book, the book's called the book's called A, a Fighting Chance, and um, it's, it's the story of, of a kid, Miguel Ángel, who's, who's a boxer on, on the east side, which, which again, that, ah, I'm reading this, and I was like, dude, this could reach so many people in Salinas. Like, this should be, when we read, you know, Cannery Road, this should be the, you should read it at the same time, you know? Um, Shout out to to schools, man. <laughs> well, when we had we had we interviewed a couple of the guys from Milpa. I don't know if you're familiar with the organization Milpa. I yes. wanted to bring that up. Thank and you. one of the guys was, was it his brother? His brother, yeah, yeah, his brother. He's his like, younger yeah. brother. He's, He's like, like a, a champion, back to back Gold Glove champ, like 2013 and 14, like or something. A
0: national thing, you know? He's going out there messing people
1: up. <laughs> he, he just he just lost like the Olympic thing, right? He was in the Olympic trials to be on the Olympic team. What was that what it was? And he
2: Dracula. Was, the little
1: boy? He didn't give us... Uh, I don't know if well, he gave us a name. His name, not he, he it was George thing. Villa. Oh, Villa,
2: yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's Dracula?
0: I don't know his little is. kid is Dracula. <laughs> Ruben Villa. Probably.
2: Yeah. He's on my video. Oh. So I asked, I asked him if he, I could uh, I could um, record him for my promotional video for my book. Oh serious? really? Yeah. So what the hell? Is he? yeah, it yeah, all no. connects. Small man, world, man. Small world.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, again, and this is why, and the, I mean, I, I'm I'm not. This is. And he's
0: from here. That was my whole deal. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, well, go this, ahead.
1: this is a book. Um, this is, is very much geared towards young adults. I, I'm almost thirty, which that sounds weird to say. But um, but reading it, I was like, okay, I I I read it, I enjoyed it, but it was like seventeen, sixteen year old me, eighteen year old me would it enjoy it that much more. It would have that much more impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so as I was reading it, it was like, dude, I, again, I think it would resonate for people just because. Well, a couple other people at work also read it. I passed it off to them, and then they said, yeah, it was interesting that I could put myself in the places. Mm-hmm. You know, I could I could sit there at the packing shed or. or um, or the bread box, or whatever, whatever it might be. Like I could, I could picture, you know, when, when she's telling that story, I could picture myself there. Um, so yeah, so that would resonate. And then plus, the the whole boxing thing. It seems like everybody in Salinas has some, knows somebody that's some sort of <laughs> nationally ranked boxer, or should have been champion, but they like messed their knee up or something. So um, it, it's a really good, it, it's a really good because it's kind of one of those that when you read it in a book like this, it, it when it makes you realize my story really isn't unique as, as weird as that sounds you know it's like my, my struggle is a shared struggle and we can overcome this stay away from Brittany <laughs> <laughs> I wish I got the context yeah well maybe I'll read it next you can read the book Baldo yeah. okay. but, and how long does it take to write a
2: book oh my gosh uh... how
1: many rewrites
2: <laughs> uh, this is the thirteenth version of the book. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and and we're talking substantial changes because yeah, you changed a word, whatnot. not. I don't keep count of that, but I'm talking about taking out huge parts, adding huge parts. That's 13 versions. The original version, I killed major people, then I revived, then I killed them. Um, <laughs> Stay dead already. Game did of I Thrones know. over here. Kasi, kasi, kasi. Uh, uh, it took me a month to, I did NaNoWriMo National Novel Writing Month, which is, you know, in one month, November, you sit down and you write 50,000 words and all the words.
0: 50,000?
2: Yeah, this one is actually more like 80,000. Oh. Uh, so you you sit down, write 50,000 words in one month. They are very crappy because that means you write like 1,800 words a day and you just crank them out and you don't care how beautiful the words are. You just yeah. care that it has to get out, right? And at the end of the month, you have 50,000 words, which is a draft of a book. And then I spend the next year polishing it up. Uh, like weekends, evenings, because I have a full-time job. So, it was just mostly oh, on weekends wow. and stuff. I polished the but work.
0: Considering that, yeah. and
2: then, uh <laughs> And then after that, I got an agent. The agent said she liked it. And then she didn't like it. She made me change the book like three or four times. And after three or four times, she's like, this is really not working. So, Aww. let's... Well, one thing that really Did she dropped really She dropped me. Yeah, we got a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: what I meant, but okay.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny because they said that you know that your agent ends up being like a marriage. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's why I say it. I see. Yeah, okay. She didn't. You know, she um she gave it to read to people and New York. She actually a big agent, major major New York agent. Mm-hmm. She gave it to read to a couple readers, and one of the readers. Said to me, um, to her, the only, the only likable character in this book is Brittany.
0: <laughs> what? Well, from what I'm hearing, that's, it's like Brittany's the from. new age girl. Like. Well,
2: here, that's the thing. That's what we're facing. That's why there's no books about Latinos because you have New York agents who are, for the most part, establishment white people who don't get us. Yeah, they don't get us. And when they see a book like ours, all they think that is likable is the white people.
1: <laughs> and well when you're going through all these rewrites and all this, how do you sit with your editor or agent and decide what does stay or go? Like if you say I need these paragraphs need to be or this chapter needs to be in there.
2: I think the best the it was that was the best part of being published by Arte Publico because they, the editors hardly touched it. I really wanted that. Like, when this guy told me, said that they didn't have a... That they didn't think there was any character who that was likable except for Britney, I was furious because I was thinking, well, what about Marie Carmen? The Miguel Angel's youngest daughter, sister. Is that this little girl who's totally innocent and beautiful. And you want to tell me that she's not likable? I was just very upset. And when I got dumped, I just thought, perfect, because... I am not going to change. I'm not going to make Miguel Angela gangbanger so it can please your view of my world. And, and it was, a, it was a, actually a huge struggle. Um, I was always debating myself, you know, how far do I go? How far do I compromise my vision of my book just to make it sellable? Yeah. And that, there were things that I was not going to do. I knew I was not going to do that. And so uh, when I got dumped, I was just like, oh, this is great. I can just look for somebody who will get my vision, what I want to do. And yeah. When I got Arte Publico, Dr. Nicolás Canelo and, and and his editors, they, I mean, there was a couple things that he wanted me to change and some of them were hard, but for the most part, there were things that made it better. It was not something oh. that, I, it, that would have compromised my vision of the book. It was just more like technical, you know, this is not working, make it work. And it's like, how do I make it work? It's like,
0: Fix it. (laughs) I mean, when they want you to change one little thing, how far back do you have to go?
2: No, well, one thing that I had to work—it like was it's
0: character great. development, you know. Yeah, like, no, You've written no. the character, and so all of a sudden they're like change that.
2: But it wasn't that actually. It was mm. like like Doctor Canelo wanted me to get rid of the uh, profanity. I had a lot of profanity in there because <laughs> no. he was going to be for young people. So yeah. I got rid of that. No you don't se- want to teach them no new sex- words. <laughs> no sex scenes. I couldn't have any sex uh, scenes. Just kissing. Is it, was that
0: in the original draft? Oh yeah, uh, that's great. yeah.
2: <laughs> and. Uh, yeah in character development there was this major thing that in one of the chapters um, I didn't have to go far back but the chapter itself was not working and so he just told me you have to fix that and it took me a month to fix it oh. because that's you know you have to how I, is the
0: chapter <laughs> The chapter is not but you
2: know the thing is like you have to think you know how is this chapter going to be fixed what can I what do I need to do and it was just replaying the scene in my head what can I do what, what, what is not working what can I do to make it different and better it's a chapter when they go to Greenfield
0: uh. Is it called Greenfield in the book? No,
2: it doesn't have <laughs> a there's name. No, it's no towards the end. It's yeah. actually just a, It's towards the ending, uh, and it's kind of a tense scene. And
0: I don't want to interrupt and and, and kill the flow, but I we we do. If anyone's listening, you know, they obviously haven't read the book. Where can we get this book?
2: We can get it at the National Steinbeck Center. They have copies there.
0: Right on the uh, block here from the w- Exile Public right House? Right across
2: the street. Yes. Uh, we have it well, at the, only the bad
0: beer. Yeah, isn't you yeah. have to Thank say the you. beginning. Point. Yeah, I know. I was hoping but you anyway, to go. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. National.
2: The National Steinbeck Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's at the uh, sound, Books and Sound that's down the street here and 4 um, I think it's 411, 211 Main books Street. Books and Sound. Books I haven't and heard Sound. Of that. Yeah. We're like A record
1: with, store and a bookstore.
2: Well, that's called <laughs> Books and Sound. Is is where they have a lot of um, art and music. Oh The Trish Sullivan store Oh okay It's called It's called Books and Sound yeah. oh, Sorry Trish I, I never
1: that. knew it was called that Yeah I just I thought it was just Destination uh, yeah. Salinas I thought it was def-
2: Destination Yeah Okay, okay. Oh. And at Star Market And at Are Old Capital Yeah Okay And no, Old Capital waiting. Books In Monterey And online of course
0: Where online?
2: Uh, Amazon mostly, but you, oh, can, also okay. go to, you can also go but
0: to. Um, everyone shops on Amazon. It's the Walmart of the world. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, there's it, some it people rolls. who don't want to do. We can do the. Um, the Oregon store. I can't remember. Actually, if you order it in Bookshop Santa Cruz, they also order it for you. So. Oh really Oh yes. Look at that. Online.
1: And Miguel Angel, what was his little sister's nickname?
2: Banco Mantequilla. Yeah.
1: Where is that? Have you ever heard that as a nickname? By that, that is that real? White butter.
2: Bread and butter. No,
1: yeah, bread and butter. Oh, what?
2: Are you? Bread and
1: butter. <laughs> um. I, th- I, that was like when I saw that, I was like, "That is the longest nickname ever." I, like, yeah. oh. I could see a big brother doing that, though. Yeah. I could see a big brother having a, a, a specific name.
2: Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. No, I never heard of that name. I don't <laughs> know why I made it up. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things I don't know why. I yeah, yeah,
1: it, yeah. That, that's a very small thing, but when I, called, I was yeah. like, "Oh, I'm gonna ask her," because I, I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's what my brother used to call me," or something, you know. Yeah. Uh. Um, it is interesting. But I, I want to get to this. Again, we've been talking about the book. Okay. Um, but you brought up this, this campaign to get families to read. Yes. And, hey, this, there's, we got a book.
2: We got yeah. a book right, if you right. want to read.
1: But, but what is this campaign to get, um, this campaign you were talking about to get families to read? Yeah,
2: so in, in, at the end of the month, I, I belong to the literacy campaign for Monterey County. And one of the issues that we have seen is that um, children in this county, because of, you know, growing up and the way we grow up, they don't arrive in school ready to learn. They don't have a lot of vocabulary, a lot of words in their vocabulary. So this campaign is to try to encourage families to um, encourage to read to their kids when they're very little. You know, when we have a little baby or a little boy, we're not the kind of people who just, like, talks to them and shows them things and stuff, but this is the perfect time to show words to little kids. Mm-hmm. So that's the campaign. The campaign is to try to encourage families to read to kids, but not just to read, to talk to them, to play with them, to really try to engage, engage them verbally so they can start developing their brain muscles.
1: Yeah, and I, this is, to me, this is, I, I feel like I've got so lucky... With, with my language skills, when I was in kindergarten, first and second grade, I was in a bilingual class. That was actually taught by a Japanese lady, which was interesting. Um, so she would do, you know, for one week it would be all in Spanish. That sounds Or like- another week would be all in English, but she always took time to read. You know, she would always read S- Stuart Little. That was the first time I ever, ever read Stuart Little. <laughs> That's awesome. Um she The read movie? A t- no, the book. No, I, I always remember there was a there was a character. I don't know if the, actually if it was a character or it was in the dedication, but there was uh, it was dedicated to uh, somebody called Hunka I, I don't remember. I, I don't remember if it was a book, but we we got to the point where we had a, a pet rat in the class, and its name was Hunka yeah. Um That's awesome. Yeah. So, but anyway, and, and this was at Fremont. You know, this this was at Fremont uh-huh. on the east side. Um, and so I I feel like and it was because. A lot of my friends that weren't in that class, as we grew up, a lot of them did end up, you know, in the typical East Side thing, you know, in, in gangs and all that. And so it, I, I felt like looking back, I was so lucky that I was introduced to again so many words uh, at once. And, and yeah, and reading, again, reading expands your vocabulary so much. So often people always ask, how do you know these words? And it's like, You know, read a book. There's there's words in books. That's how you learn words. Uh, You know, it's not that I'm like this nerd that reads the dictionary. Just just read what what interests you. Read that. mm -hmm. Read that. Even if it's comic books and stuff. That's real. You know, it's words. Mm -hmm. Expand expand yourself. And um, and yeah. And so because that really does affect as you when you grow up. Because it doesn't matter if you're even if you're very smart naturally at math or something is a. The tests are written in proper English. I, I was talking to Coach Cisneros from Alisal. He's, he's the varsity soccer coach there. And that's what he was saying. He was like, in Salinas, these kids are able to, to live 90% of their life in Spanish. He's like, and he's like, and as cool as that is, the, book, the tests are in English. in English. And on top yes. of that, they're in, they're in proper English. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, don't understand, you might know the answer. You, you know all the answers. But you don't actually understand what they're asking you. So I, it, a lot of uh, you know kids on the east side fail academically because of that, and and the, the, the system judges them as not not being as smart because again it's all grades you know right. it's all grades that's a, that's a D student but but really he wasn't a D student he was a, a kid that didn't understand the, the instructions, yeah, yeah that was yeah. presented like yeah in a practical situation. Mm-hmm. That's the smartest person in the world. And again, that thing came out, the Salinas' second least educated city, and everyone lost oh, their well mind. That,
2: but that one was just such BS. I'm sorry. Those, those polls, yeah. No, seriously. We've I mean, here's the thing. we said it a bunch
0: of times here. But go ahead. Go yeah. ahead.
2: Well, I, I, you know, that poll thing, whatever, and I, I remember doing an article about that. Because the way they were doing this methodology or whatever... They were looking for the number of doctors, the number of engineers, the number of mathematicians, whatever. Salinas is a city that has mostly the working working in, in, in the fields. You do not need to have an engineering degree to work in the fields. I'm yeah. sorry. And if you looked at that list, the list included like four cities that are the largest agricultural producers in the nation. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. You're not gonna have doctors, engineers, because the the jobs that are needed here are f- to work harvesting. Yeah, and it is really insulting that you are saying you're we're dumb when we're doing is we're feeding the rest of you and smart people in the nation. So I don't know that that. Article really got my goat.
1: yeah yeah no the, and that that that's what I liked about it is that there was a big response you know so mm-hmm. so when I heard it's like okay people actually care people right, actually right. care uh, whether some agreed or, or or disagreed again I'm I'm with the one that I disagree with you know because um, yeah that that's my thing again I I know a lot of there's a lot of welders here there's a lot of good welders you know that put mm-hmm. together all these machines exactly you, again and most of these people were trained by their dads. You know, their dads were welders and their dads before them were welders kind of thing. My I have a friend just like that. That growing up, he never went to the parties, he never, you know, he was in the backyard learning how to weld. And now he owns a welding company. And the guy doesn't he, he doesn't have it I mean he might have an AA just because he's so motivated mm-hmm. I mean I'm sure if he has a degree it's, it has nothing to do with welding but that's a guy again in that list mm-hmm. he would be on the, the dumb side the hardest working smartest Not guy this dumb, guy is in. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but I mean it, it, it yeah but, so he's, and he's you know designing and building these three million dollar machines so McDonald's can slice apples And then they fly to North Carolina, they put them together, you know, and then, and no one tells those stories, you know, no one tells those stories.
2: And in a way, that's kind of what I was talking about when I was telling you that there's people who just don't get us. Mm -hmm. Because they are so used to measuring us and our success to their standards. And we are, you know, Latinos, this young uh, generation are rewriting those rules. And rewriting the narrative. And it's really difficult to, to meet those dinners. So it's, it's, I can totally see that. It's
1: yeah, and I mean, I, not to get too far off course, which I love to do in conversation, but um, uh, I, right now, uh, it's June 5th, so in two days is our, our primary. And for the first time ever, people are, are seeing, like, how's the Hispanic vote going to go? It actually matters. It, it all changed in '94, you know, with Prop 187 and, and all that fucking Pete Wilson madness. No um, Wilson. Uh, yeah. Luckily, yeah. I, I was. I mean, it was. I was young, so I don't understand it. But growing, up, I was like, hell? How holy, this, this bastion of liberalism that is California was so anti-immigrant in the '90s?" Um, so yeah, but then that, that, again, the, the outcome of that of that anti-immigration thing is that they created a unified. Latin vote or at least Mexican when here on the west coast um, I don't think Puerto Ricans were looking at Prop 187 like ah stop it you know but um, so, so yeah so I'm, I'm curious uh, again at the, it's almost like again they still don't understand us but we're kind of forcing our way saying hey okay you don't understand us, you, you, you haven't understood us here we are we're going to get in front of your face this is who we are um so, yeah, I, it's it's curious to me. And, and, again, how it all ties in. I don't know. I'm so sure No,
2: it out. does try to tie in. Yeah.
1: Well, and then this campaign. Do you,
2: I don't know if you know this, but three out of four voters in California are Democrats. No. It is. I think it's crazy. And I think that part of the biggest reason is Pete Wilson and their politics. These, this this state Obama. was the first one that really rejected the anti um, the anti-immigrant uh, rhetoric of the Republican Party, because of Pete Wilson.
1: Yeah, it it, it was it was, and again you and you have way more knowledge on that just because I was seven.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was I was reporting on Pete Wilson stuff. That's how I got into journalism. Oh, really? Yeah, because it was I was I was in college and. Um, there was this campaign The 187 campaign And I just got really fired up I wanted to do something And what I did was Got into journalism So
0: is that a, It was pretty nasty ironic, back then But is that a coincidence That it's the 187 you know I'm going. With that. Uh,
2: yeah, and that yeah, it's, I, I, it's 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 I never, yes. It's, well, it's like
1: the, the <laughs> yeah. medical marijuana reform one is. Uh, it's four twenty. Really? Yeah. Oh. The original that's, one is two fifteen. The original, but they amended that, they kept it. Up that
2: probably and... they did it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it, it was like that's funny. Okay. I don't follow
0: politics. I'm sorry. I just, I'm just saying. I this hate, outside I hate politics
1: as well. I hate, but again, it's something that we must be involved in as Americans. As yes, much as much you to, hate yes, it, it yeah. it's still what what runs this country. Right, and, right. Um, yeah, man. With the, with
0: this How's whole as a journalist, you're supposed to hate politics, right? Unless you're reporting on politics. Well,
2: you're supposed <laughs> to be neutral. Um, oh, there you go. Well, yeah. okay, I'll give you're you. You're supposed to, but
0: well, I won't give you that. Be, that that well, just sounds have, true. <laughs>
2: people have, uh, you know, we human beings have opinions. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. No, yeah. that's, who it was? Mark Mark Twain. I think he has a, a quote of of journalists being objective, and he's like, "There hasn't been an objective journalism since the the beginning of journalism, or something like that." Again, it's, he's it's got,
2: just impossible. Pe- people
1: are people. It, it you see it everywhere, like in sports. Again, we were talking about sports earlier. When coaches or players are kind of being nice to refs, you know, joking around with them before the game, and. You know they're doing that for a reason. You know they're they're not giving them money or anything, but they understand they're people. Refs are people as well, and if you're nice to him and hey that guy jokes around with me, you're gonna get a couple good calls coming your way. You know, and not because that ref is biased or anything. It's just human nature. Yeah. You know, as a
0: performer, the sound guy, bro. I get that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, no. That, you I, gotta I, get
0: I, his real name and be like, "I'll buy you a beer after the show." You know what I mean? Well, I can
1: see that. Yeah, and the band would be like, "Why do? Why do they sound better than us?" You know, we, yeah. you know, and it's, it was the same guy, and they're like, "Yeah, well, they they tra- treated him like a person." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but anyway, to get back to this literacy campaign, because I, I I think again that that's a big deal. Uh, yeah, people need to read and all that. When it's when you say campaign, is this like something that? Is there a time frame or is yeah, there a, I, like I, guys, So, we're
2: going to have six months and we're going to have, you're going to see ads and buses. The, the campaign is called Por que oh, me okay, ama. So, was, you'll see ads and buses. We're going to have also commercials and television. Mostly, it's going to be mostly in, in Espanol. Yeah, okay, like, want to uh, Fight
0: for like YouTube advertising because who watches TV?
1: <laughs> buses,
0: though. Buses, buses are. Too, buses for sure. Yeah, yeah that's. Yeah. Yeah. We live here. You know, we're going to see it. Get it on. Uh, I'll be driving to work every or something.
2: But that's it's a freeway. good, YouTube, option. that's a good idea. It's YouTube, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be buses, it's going to be, we're going to also, I'm producing a photo which I'm still in the process of that. So we're going to try to reach families as much as we yeah, can. We're going to have awesome. television, I'm going to be in a couple of shows. To promote the campaign, see. I'm going to be kind of.
1: You're going to do Radio Tigre.
2: También, yo creo. You have
1: to. Yeah, of course. What about.
2: What about. What
0: are the Spanish stations around here? Because my mom watches, like, Univision, but that that's national, so...
2: <laughs> yeah, they, they they have a local, you know, Do they? location scene. Okay, okay. They're in Monterey. Despierta Cortas Costa Central. Oh, I
0: don't know. I'm sorry. She watches yeah, okay. it. I don't. They're, like, in Ryan Ranch. They're in Ryan <laughs> yeah, Ranch, Yeah, they Ryan, right? Ryan Ranch.
2: What, uh-huh. what the hell? Oh, That's good. What are you doing out there? I
0: How many that. Mexicans
1: are in Ryan Ranch that don't
0: cut grass? Um, you guys got to get some advertisement by, Grand like, the, the, the guy that's holding the cabbages.
2: You oh, oh it's like, spreckled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that
0: is spreckled. I'm sorry. That's like the worst place. But
1: yeah, yeah. I don't That area is so, called Confederate Corners. Did you know that?
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. That, that, yeah, yeah, right, right.
0: As there. an uneducated person, that sounds pretty racy. <laughs>
1: well, yeah. But I guess some uh, Confederates uh, kind of set up shop there way back when. Really? After the war. Yeah. It's it's already like fought war. We're going to California. Eh? Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> There's nothing there anymore. No, but no. honestly, just think of some landmarks. Put some billboards there. Thinking like the window marketer
1: now, Cujo. No, that's
0: how. I, well, no, but that's how I do it. You know, I the, like it. Quality market. Um, and I'm not trying to be an asshole here, but like Eastside locations, uh, the
1: quality market areas. What if um, people read it as "Por qué me amas"? <laughs>
2: No. <laughs> no, no, no. Instead
1: of "porque me," amas. no, wait.
0: it's because that that's would be a panic. question mark versus the exclamation exactly. mark. Yeah,
2: and plus, is the, the way you amas, write it. You
1: know? Yeah, punctuation yeah. For- is important here. <laughs> like, Why do you love me? <laughs> <laughs> that billboard just made me think you're horrible. Oh, no, <laughs> 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 I just, that's, I nah, but
0: there. I. I love the idea. My, my, my mom runs a daycare, and like she's always reading to the kids. The other day, my dad's telling me about, like, um, they got this new girl who just won't show up. Because she's two years old, and she, like, talks forever. And Two-year-olds are the worst. Well, I don't know. I don't know kids, to me. <laughs> they're bad. I'm sorry. Um, to me, kids, kids are two. They learn to talk, and they're, like, babbling. People give them baby talk, so people... I'm sorry Don't, like, don't do that adult, We talk. We talk to babies Like baby talk And you were saying People um, don't know How to talk Yeah and you should know
2: Yeah and, and y-
0: Because they think It's real They think it means something But if you start reading them Real words I mean you're reading Something so you got Instruction you know right. And babies start learning Actual words eventually yeah. I don't know how they do it I don't know how we did it Now think about it How did we learn That they were words <laughs> But yeah just Stop doing the baby talk there's no you, bueno.
2: Yeah, no. Baby talk is bad for kids. You have to really talk like at least you know. read Doctor
1: Seuss. Re- easy. Read them, uh, the New Yorker and the Economist. Exactly. <laughs> at two years old, they will make a super kid, man. You know what? They won't know what it means. Yeah, but eventually.
0: But
2: they don't know what it means when you read them. But you know, they're real words. But they're real yeah. words. Yeah. But they'll they'll eventually some get it. English. Well, here's the it. thing. This is how a baby learns. You show him, and you tell him book. So then they'll have a context to it. You know? um, so if you read them something like, you know, I finished my homework, though, you, they're probably not going to get that. But if you show them, oh, this is a duck, see a duck. So then they start associating the sound with the word. My mom like
0: 100 of those books, I get it. And,
2: <laughs> and, and that's important to them because learning in, for everybody, not just for little kids, has to be something that is experiential. You know, if you go cook and mm-hmm. you do it yourself and then you learn that the stove is hot and you burn yourself you're never going to get burnt again
0: oh it happens all the time but well, i get exactly. what you're saying yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, don't yeah, do you it know perfect. with
2: las tortillas se te queman todo el tiempo no um, so no, that's exactly it's better for the kids to learn that way mm-hmm. so they experience the world and then they
0: i still wouldn't let them stick a fork in the outlet just
2: saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not a good idea. You gotta learn somehow. <laughs> that's a good idea, Christopher yeah. Titus. No, I don't
0: yeah. know. But yeah, yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, it makes total sense. That, that, that's why they make um, like thick books with like pictures and like two words. Exactly. El pato, you know? El pato. And then in yeah. English, oh, then they toduk. have
2: soft, you know, and then you you touch it that is soft. Yeah, it's, yeah. And then yeah. it's rough, you know, touch that is rough and you know aspero. Uh, that's how it is.
1: They say that toddlers are like 300 words a day or something like that. How's that? That's, I read something like, I read it, I read the headline, didn't read the article. <laughs> but the headline said that and I believe that headline. Go work for my it mom. very well they, written. They, they have
2: to, you know, if you, you, you expect a child to arrive in kindergarten with a 2 million word vocabulary, something like that, they have to hear like a 500 new words a day. Oh, Otherwise, wow. they're just, you know, and that's the kind of vocabulary that kids from affluent families have. And if they don't have that, when, when, you know, that's why kids with low-income backgrounds are so dis- at, at disadvantage, because they don't hear as many words. And that's because people don't talk to them. They're not, you know, like... I,
1: I, mean, I remember that from um, that, the book that everybody loves to quote, The Outliers, uh, from Malcolm Gladwell. And uh, one of the chapters, he talks about that, how, um, again, more affluent people make the kids more assertive by, by treating them as equals when they're younger. So, you know, they, they're going to the doctor and it's like, you know, make sure if you have anything wrong, let the doctor know, you know, he's, he's, he's there to help you, you know, and, um, and yeah, and so he tells this story of, you know, and then this other poor, poor kids that, that feel like, you know, they're scared of authority, they don't feel like they're equals, so they never ask the tough questions, so they never go as far. And then just, just to kind of mess with you to prove it's not a race thing, the the affluent, you know, well-spoken was a black kid, and the poor kid was a, was a white right. kid. So it's, it's really almost, again, you're, you're a product of your environment, to be cliche. Um, so, yeah, yeah. if you're taught from, from when you're two, you know, to that nobody, is, is, nobody has authority over you, that you're your own free individual, that you can make your own choices, that you don't, you don't have to, you know, bend to this authoritarian figure, not even your parents, you know. Um, I think that that is important, and um, well, reading and that reinforced it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so yeah. So I, I think that's a, that's a great campaign, and and you say it's going to go start in July?
2: No, at the end of June. We started like twenty uh, sixth of June. So. Okay. okay. Necabom- oh, that's my Necabom- that's birthday.
1: Yeah, I'll yeah. be like have you read a book. Read a book. Yeah. <laughs> when your dad does read did your dad ever read to you or did, when he did his reading would that he be on his own I in his, mean, in his study? I mean, he was a hard working individual. He read to us whenever we had a chance. But, but he did. Hard. But he did. No, yeah, no, 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 but he, parents, no, I was man. just curious if if like I mean,
0: I'm just stupid because I decided not to study during high school and shit, you know? At kids put in some work. It's worth it. But like, yeah, yeah, I remember my dad reading. I mean, he let us
1: read a lot of comic books, so there's that. <laughs> well, and again, for me personally, I think that's okay. You yeah. Know, um, I, I hey, man, five hundred new words a day.
2: Comic books are a getaway book. I used to read comic they books are, when I was little. And, like, yeah, he let us awesome. read the
1: violent ones,
0: so you know, there's some say in there. But he tried to get us to read, and we just like, it, yeah, like it, no, there's no pictures in it. No, you know,
1: yeah. <laughs> like like dad, I love you, but. Well, but that's one of the curious things. Again, amongst my friends, that to me that that's kind of weird. You're 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 the your dad's the only one that I actually know that I actually reads, you know, or Have has read the book that you, you borrow. <laughs> no, Put it was uh, again. <laughs> I, I, I I I first of all, I've bought like four freaking books. What book did he? What book was it? It was uh, the Teachings he... of Don Juan. Thank you. Uh, He's got part two waiting for you, dude. He found it. I don't know if I've. It's Sp- you. I want to read it because it's in Spanish. Because I. Again, I don't know how to say I listened to the book, so I don't know if that counts as reading it. I, 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 I consumed it. That's what we came up with last time. I consumed the information in that book, but it was in English. The, uh-huh. Look, I you,
0: don't know if, you're if familiar they had with it with in movie form, done. you would have watched the movie. It's There's all a movie? still in there. No, I'm saying if there was a movie version of it, it would have been cut down like crazy. Don't get me wrong. I get that. Because it's, it's words. You're reading so many words. The book's just like, I'm. Mean, I'm sorry, a movie's like, it needs to be an hour and a half. Or shorter, or else no one's gonna pay attention. So it's all Hollywood eyes. But I'm just trying to say, if there was a movie version of it, you would have watched it. You would have still gotten the
2: essence. Yeah.
1: Thank it would have been a yeah. scary movie, man.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Point oh, of being, you, you, you had the book on tape
1: version, right? Yeah.
0: And they read the whole book. Yeah, it was like three so, hours. Yeah, just because you weren't sitting there like reading the damn thing, at least you heard it. To me, I don't know. It's the same thing.
1: I was listening <laughs> to it. it
0: movie is a whole other thing, though. I, I can't watch the Avengers. And read the comic and be like, the comic was
1: better. You know? <laughs> There's a part in that book where like some spirit is coming after him, uh, and he's like doing his little pose to to block her.
0: And then the other thing about books on tape is they add their own emotion, so that might kill it. You know, you read it yourself, and you might not understand it at first. Maybe you're rereading a, a
1: a what do you call it a. Um,
0: Paragraph once or twice you you start putting your own like holy this, shit this this, is this to be narrator like,
1: I, I liked it I liked I liked his flow I like how it's, how it sounded but I, I agree that's I I like when you can get like the writer to read it because the yeah. writer the writer knows the emotion they wanted to put into it, it. Uh,
0: you know I like that that's true so maybe it is worth going to like some book readings from the writers what San Francisco.
1: have it's you going. you've done book <laughs> readings of the book have you
2: I have read yeah I read um where. Oh, um, where I've read the it. The well, bean every Friday. No. <laughs> she
1: just sits in the corner and she's reading from her book.
2: I I read at the Steinbeck Center and then I read um, at some libraries. So I've done a couple of readings.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Is that yeah.
0: weird for you? Would you do it again?
2: Yeah, I'll do it again. I need to promote yeah. the book. Yeah. And uh, it is really weird. I'm uh, essentially a very shy person, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. And You're so, a
0: reporter. People yeah, might no? recognize you. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, people recognize me. And they a few years ago they started putting my photo on my blog, so now people recognize me. Oh, I've seen you in the paper, and it's freaky.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really
2: freaky. So, yeah, but um, yeah, no, it's it's I, I like reading for my book. It's uh-huh. it's, it's special. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah it, it, I don't know. It's your own book. That's yeah, pretty yeah. intimate there.
2: No, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and um, to g- get away from, from the book uh, slightly here, a question that I, I was curious about since you've been in, in journalism since, again, the Pete Wilson times. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm curious, as a journalist, how has journalism changed? I know that's kind of a, a loaded question, but, but what, what's different nowadays than
2: Let me? Well, it's changed... Dramatically, and it continues changing, and mostly it's changing because of the. I mean, this is something a story that everybody knows: is the internet that is changing journalism. Mm -hmm. Um, It first changed the economic model. You know, the big papers, big media were used to just being able to charge whatever they wanted for ads because the papers used to make their money through advertisement. And it was like the one ads, like the the um, you know, wanted, help wanted kind of ads. The Mercury News, I used to work for a Spanish language newspaper that belonged to the Mercury News. The one ad used to be this thick, the advertisement in the paper. It was just huge. Right. And so that was the cash cow. And of course Craigslist came over okay. and that took everything away from them.
1: Craigslist?
2: Craigslist. The
0: website like
1: so your own yeah, because uh, yeah, if they make all their money on the classifieds...
2: They dried that well. And yeah. then, so the internet, so that was one thing. Then the internet also, people started putting their stories there for free. So then the paper, nobody buys the paper anymore. So um, because the papers are owned by, for the most part, are owned by big media conglomerates, and they want to keep making these huge revenues that they used to be making, they don't want to invest in the product, which means that journalism has been suffering for a long time. And I think that's part of the reason why it's so needed. I mean, you don't call it journalism, but in a way you're disseminating information and that's what, uh, that's what, what um, journalism is, you know, it's giving information. Mm-hmm. And so, um, w- w- you know, because newspapers have been shrinking, it is actually open, and then internet is growing, and is and the media is changing so much, is opening the door for all these new outlets to come. Podcasts, yeah. you know, TV, podcast, um, and even blogs. even blogs, yeah. and even the tone of the stories. Now people don't read stories like the way we used to report, right? Because when you work for a newspaper, you have to report very straight you know, the way that a newspaper story should be written, right? Yeah. Like, uh, city council is voted today to allow vendors to park on the street. That's, like, the format, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, very if you neutral. read... If you... Yeah, it's trying yeah. to be neutral, very informative. Mm-hmm. Now, the stories, if you read, like, BuzzFeed, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Trump supporters are out of their minds, aren't they? I mean, the tone, I'm not saying that... Ten are, reasons why
1: Trump supporters suck. Exactly. Number seven will blow your mind. Exactly, <laughs> and
2: that's now the tone. That is the tone. So I that need is to, get in to story. number seven, right? You know? The tone, the, the tone is changing as well, and um, I, I think that that and it's also the way that people are consuming news. You know, people now want to consume news from their friends. They rely on their friends to give them accurate information, so they don't rely in traditional media anymore. So. Yeah, it's, it, it is huge changes for sure.
1: Does it make it frustrating for you as somebody that's trying to, you know, that you make your living off of journalism? Is it frustrating that just some fashion blog can just come out and, and, and just make, you know, with, with that medium, can just kind of take over a story?
2: Um, you know, but there's two things that are th- happening that is, are funny. One is that, that the big blogs are not really interested in small-town news. They're not. I mean, yeah. really, seriously, look at, look at us. It's, it's you here in town, small podcast here and there. But for the most part, for, new, for the news that are happening in town, is it's still us and the Californians. Wh- what has happened then is because the newspapers are not getting as much money as they used to, they are starving the media. They're not giving enough people to cover the news. So the news are not being covered. So then, people end up just reading, you know, fashion blogs. Yeah. And they're not reading about their news, their their towns, the, what's happening, local news, civic engagement is not happening. So that was really sad. It is frustrating. Um, they're not covering my news, so it, it doesn't really bother me. Yeah. I mean, what is kind of what gets upsetting too is like big stories. For instance, the the, the, the kids who died by starvation and I don't know if you remember oh, the, that story the, the, two kids? the Huntsman yeah. Kid. Yeah, yeah. and so big media comes over and take over and blogs they do take our stories quite a bit they kind of milk them more than we do that's kind of frustrating <laughs> on the other hand you know I'd rather not be covering that kind of stories because they're kind of gruesome so. yeah. So, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. what is frustrating though is that I feel that I used to be able to cover more n- local stories mm-hmm. and now I can't as much because I'm really pressed for time And I have a lot of people wanting me to cover their stories. We used to have a dedicated Salinas reporter, and we don't anymore. So when I end up covering Salinas, it's because I squeeze kind of like the time. How
0: many stories are you covering at one time?
2: A lot. Uh, I I mean, I write a story or two a day, depending... But I have to but, have a lot of pots in the in the stove because if yeah, one exactly. thing doesn't so pan many. out, then something else has to pan out. So yeah, yeah,
1: that sucks.
2: Yeah, so I'd just be
1: doing know. one, and they get mad at me. I'd say, "Mas bien pajar un que volando." That's what I would tell the editor. One, bro, you get one really good one. <laughs> Not going to work on ten at a time.
2: Yeah, and, and I, I have to, and I have to have like you know, I have to have three, four. Because if one that's, falls through, I have to have another one, yeah. And, and yeah, like on Friday, I was working on one story, but I was interviewing for two other stories, and it gets really nutty. <laughs> that's that's crazy. It is pretty crazy. Yeah, because
1: yeah, yeah, again, the it's we do our our bit of research, you know, reading. I think that's the most research I've ever done for an, for an episode, is having to read a book. But you know, <laughs> we we do our our very you know.
2: Thank you. Bit of you're reading. Terrible.
1: Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. I thought that was cool. you like, you want a copy? I'm like,
2: yeah,
1: hell yeah. Um, we would have loved to. Everybody. Copies, just saying. Well, Every- I pass it on. <laughs> yeah,
2: please. You should recommend to your re- to your <sighs> listeners to buy it and write yeah. me Amazon reviews because I'm lacking on that. Talk Am- about oh,
0: Amazon reviews, of course. Please. I'm sure we could find it We're on Amazon and link it on for- our Facebook.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, my brother's saying she's more. got really good. At- yeah, but you can't just have four. You gotta have like a hundred. I was
1: gonna go with a hundred. Anyways, hundred's good. Hundred, yeah. Good. Well, yo, no, we'll definitely put Squatty it on our page. potty has got like a thousand, bro. I don't know and if we two. could. Um, how much we can promote it? Because I don't. Know, when we when we boost our posts, um, Facebook doesn't like pictures with words in them because they can't analyze the words in the pictures.
2: Bro. Really? Yeah. Bro. Oh my gosh. We so Photoshop
0: good. it so it's just the boxing glove. <laughs> Then when people see it on Amazon, it's well, like I they to, recognize it. I
1: want to take. I think if I want to take a picture with that on, on the corner, so where it's still legible and and readable. But her holding but it, the,
0: the the book and then just advertise her with the book and then
1: yeah, there you go. Well, but I'm I but that'll be a closer shot. since so it'll take up more more percentage of the picture area. So if it's just in the corner, it it'll like take up about ten percent. No, but again, I have to get in so close that that book is going to take up a (laughs) lot of the percentage.
2: Do that again. That's awesome. Seriously.
1: (laughs) See that? Great. That's awesome. But that picture wouldn't work.
2: Oh, don't worry about it. It's just the top. He's
0: right, though. um, We're too close. That would take up a
1: lot. Facebook yeah. would be able to
0: read that. What he's again?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, just I
0: said. it's weird. It's yeah. got to be legible. But we'll definitely
1: put the links up there. we'll yeah. push it. I mean, we'll, we'll promote the episode.
2: Yeah, and mm-hmm, th- that definitely. I always
1: make sure I get a, a good picture most of the time. Sometimes Facebook, like, dude, there's no there's no text on there. And They're like, sorry, you don't follow the guidelines.
2: I know they did that to me, and I was really upset.
1: It was yeah. Facebook is an asshole. <laughs> Sometimes, but, but you usually, <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyways. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we covered everything, right? I, that we got to the campaign and we talked about the book
2: and journalism really? and journalism. Well, yeah, yeah I,
1: I was curious again. That's that's more for me. That's why I like having the, our guests that we do sometimes because I'm selfish. I don't I don't know what what the term <laughs> is, but it's like hell yeah, I get to ask them stuff that I've oh, been yeah, curious of about. Um, but anyway, and again, you're, you're more than welcome back whenever you want to come back okay. on, on whatever topic, when you come out with another book or you know, to
2: Hopefully yeah I've started to work on another book, um, the, this book, the working title oh, I shouldn't say the working title. It's a story about a, a girl who's growing up in LA and she um, comes in coming of age. Yeah she's coming of age when the marches happened for the immigration marches in 2005, so oh. it's going to be having a topic about
1: that. Oh, that's cool. Okay, yeah. so yeah, we'll definitely be just, you Just know, keep us updated as, as it progresses. I know it, yeah. it's a slow kind of process. but It um, is very slow. Yeah. But yeah, we would love to share that as well. This is, you right. know, this is exciting for us. Again, it, it, we get to share this. I don't know if, how many people realize there's people publishing books, yeah. you know, locally. Yeah. Do you um, happen to have a Facebook, Twitter, yes,
2: Instagram um, where you want to like,
1: where you bring Twitter. all this up?
0: Twitter?
2: Right. Twitter it's, um, handle melende Salinas. Twitter handle. Is and that one uh, word? Yeah. Melendez and that's Melendez with
0: a Z, right?
2: With a Z. Salinas. Uh, the the, fa- the the website for the novel is fighting-chance.org fighting-chance.org Chance. Damn it. I'm it has sorry. a really cool video with Ruben Villanen. It's Awesome.
0: Who apparently we've talked about.
2: <laughs> yeah, we interviewed
1: his brother. Yeah, exactly. So it all comes full circle. But anyway, Claudia, thank, thank you for doing this. Thanks for reaching out to us. It always feels cool when people reach out yeah. on, on, on their own to be on the show. This was a really great experience. And again, you're more than welcome to come thank back. Thank you so whenever. much for
2: having me. And thank you for ha- doing this. I think we need more voices the community and I'm glad you guys are doing this. It's great. Thank yeah, you, thank
1: you. I think we think we keep it going a little bit longer.
2: Great, thank uh, you.
1: All right, we'll catch you all next week.
0: Yeah, have a good one.